0: Good day and welcome to Holding Fast. Great to have you along today for our journey through the scriptures and meditation on some truths of God. Hope that you've been able to have some time today when you've been able to meet with God and to be able to to just uh, share your heart and just rejoice in what He's done for you in terms of your salvation and forgiveness and redemption and all that's promised, even one day your glorification to thank Him for that now. So I welcome you to Holding Fast. Hope your anchor is gripped firmly to the rock of the unshakable Word of God. We have been looking through the book of Matthew, chapter 5. We've been noticing a series of conditional promises that are given by the Lord Jesus Christ, known as the Beatitudes. And for those of you that have been following along with me will recall that these are a number of statements that are given by Jesus Christ himself that really defines the qualities or characteristics of somebody who is a citizen of the kingdom of God. This is not some social gospel or how to be a good neighbor or how to have a reputation that's sterling in your community. But rather what Christ is talking about in this passage is really essential ingredients of what it means to be a believer, to genuinely be a servant of the living Lord Jesus Christ and know that you have a home in heaven prepared for you. These things are so important that Christ began his very longest sermon by talking about these things. He mentioned in verse 3 of chapter 5, you will remember that the first step toward your becoming a citizen of God's kingdom is that you're a spiritual beggar, that there is nothing that you have that God needs, but rather you need everything God has because you were destitute and broken in spirit and you need his grace and salvation. Every one of us do and uh, that's what comes out as obvious in the very first statement of the beatitude. Blessed or how very happy are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. He went on to say blessed are they that mourn those that are sorrowfully repentant that are literally broken not remorseful but broken over their rebellion and offense against a very holy God. I think we don't Uh, I I believe we don't think much of our sin because we don't think much of the holiness of God and we need to recall that and remember uh, that that's an essential ingredient of a genuine believer and then we noted yesterday or the last podcast that said uh, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. And I'm pointed out to you that meekness is not weakness, but meekness is strength under control. It is like that racehorse that has such power and, and uh, ability, and yet it is reined in underneath the authority of one who's trained it. Um, that's the kind of meekness that God calls every believer to. Remember, Jesus was the meekest man that ever lived, and the Lord Jesus Christ probably wouldn't have been described as tremendously weak. When he went into the temple to turn overturn the the uh, businessman's uh, uh, tables and all uh, the crooks and the thieves that were there, and he whipped them and drove them out of the temple, he wasn't weak; he was meek, and that was strength that was under control. Meekness, meekness is something that God says is a needed and necessary uh, ingredient to your being a citizen of. Of uh, the kingdom of God. Now, I want to pause and think about this just in our podcast today. Meekness, the more I thought about it after I recorded the last podcast, the more it was impressed on my heart to spend a few moments talking about meekness today. Meekness uh, is in short supply. That characteristic of a gentle, controlled strength, that that submission to authority, submitting of <clears throat> one's strength to the authority of God is that essential ingredient that you need. Uh, I'll never forget uh, that this was really illustrated for me when I moved to New Hampshire some 27, 28 years ago to begin the church that the Lord has allowed me to pastor from that time till now that I, of course, as many church planters do, you go out and you start hammering on doors and, and giving people invitations to, to to hear the gospel and try to witness to people and uh, invite them out to church. And I heard a term, I was introduced to a term that I had never heard before until I came to Laconia, New Hampshire. And that was, I would knock on the door and I would give some information. I would invite them to church and the person would say, Oh, I'm all set. I'm a quote home Baptist, unquote. <laughs> well, I've got to tell you, I've never I had never heard of that term before of a home baptist. And by that, the person whose door I knocked on, well, they would either come be constituted by a a group of people that would meet together, or maybe a family or two families or something. They would meet together for, quote, a Bible study. Uh, unquote. But they would do so without any kind of ordained uh, re, uh, spiritual shepherd or authority. Uh, they would meet without uh, a specific instruction. There would be no spiritual accountability. Uh, the Lord's table was not observed and all the other things that go with an assembly of God's people. But they were home Baptists. Uh, in a, in essence the longer I was here the more I became aware that there was an arrogant spirit in most of those people a non-meek spirit that became obvious they were anti-authoritarian uh, they had no interest in coming in under the accountability of a spiritual God-ordained leadership and you know ever since the Garden of Eden happened and the the sin of Adam and Eve, humanity has rebelled against God. It's a pandemic in the human race. It's something that all of us suffer from. We all are rebels against the cause of God. We all grimace uh, when it comes to the commands of our Creator. It's something that just goes with our fallen nature. Um, and I became ob- it became obvious to me as time went by that a lot of time these home Bible studies... Uh, those that were not led by duly constituted uh, spiritual authority, ordained men of God, trained in the word of God to shepherd God's sheep, a lot of time they became hotbeds of false teaching and false doctrine. And what happened is they felt themselves to be spiritually uh, superior to organized religion, as they would call it. And in reality, a lot of times the doctrine that would come out or what was taught in these home groups would be aberrant, would be full of error, and yet they continued on in that direction. And obviously there was blatant disobedience to start right off the bat because uh, they were neglecting the assembling of themselves together in a, uh, assemb- in a, um, a family of God where they would be taught uh the word of In a lot of those times, as I sit here and think about it, a lot of times they like to sit around and hear one another talk. And they like to try to fancy themselves as teachers of others. But in reality, as Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12 says, they were themselves in need of being taught. Uh, there was an unwillingness though, but rather just uh, getting together to hear each other speak. There is an arrogant pride that can creep in if we're not careful, dear folks. And that's why I believe it's essential for God to call every genuine child of God to a meek and gentle spirit. To have that sense of controlled strength, submission to authority. The hippie movement of the 60s has not died out. A lot of people in that anti-authoritarian mental attitude have let it creep into of their Christianity. And I want to remind every one of you today that are listening to this that God calls you and I to to be humble, to be broken, to get rid of the arrogance because it's essential because it says only the meek will inherit the earth uh, because only the meek belong to the king who will rule the future kingdom of the earth. Um, Psalm 149 verse 4 says, For the Lord takes delight in His people. Says the psalmist Uh, It says he crowns the humble With salvation So it's necessary for you to be a citizen Of God's kingdom Meekness is also necessary because it's just commanded That's what the Lord expects of those who are his children. Meekness is necessary because, you know, you can't witness properly if you do so with an arrogant spirit that says, look at me, look at my knowledge, look at my accomplishment, look what I know. I don't care how many Bible verses you know. The reality is that if you're disobedient to God and your attention points to yourself, then you're going to end up turning people away from God and turning people away from salvation. Well, meekness is necessary because that alone gives glory to God. Pride seeks its own glory, but meekness seeks God. Why don't today you humble yourself before the Lord? I've had to already, even in my study, to say, Lord, I am nothing. I want to be used of you. I want to be taught of you. I want to shepherd your people in a way that brings glory to you. And uh, if you're a home Baptist get into church, get into serving the Lord, be accountable to one of God's choice servants so that you might be able to hold your head up before the Lord and say, I'm doing my best to serve you. Walk with Christ today, love him and serve him with all your heart. God bless.